It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Domestic Football returns with Celtic looking to right some wrongs against Livingston in Glasgow Rangers wait until tomorrow for a trip to Hamilton with Jack Ross's Hibs debut one of today's standouts and Pennycook Athletic head along the M8 looking to cause a cup shock at Partick Thistle I'm Gordon Duncan joining me this afternoon Alex Ray, Craig Beattie and Hugh Keevans Today is about comebacks and comebacks are football's most dramatic storyline can Lee Griffiths get game time for Celtic he's on the bench will he get game time and get back to being the player he was a year ago can Jack Ross make a successful return to Scottish football when his hibs take on Motherwell and will Austin McPhee come back against his critics and state his case once again for the Hearts job they are at Chile comebacks a new chapter could be written today. Uh, it's been a decent enough international break, yep. Alex, but I think we always look forward to the domestic football coming back around. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, Hugh touches on a few a few points there in terms of Hibs, importance of Jack Ross going off to a winning start. Austin McPhee auditioning for the, the manager's role. You have St Mirren at the bottom of the table looking for a big, big game today to beat Ross County. Uh, so, you know, we've got a lot of good stuff in store. Celtic playing at home should be a canter. And a few nervy... Games perhaps Craig Beatty I'm looking at those Scottish Cups uh, Maybe some shocks Pennycook Athletic Coming along to play Partick Thistle oh, uh, Always yeah. a fascinating stage Of the Cup this one Yeah listen That's why we love The Scottish Cup There's generally A lot of upsets And uh, you know Ian McCollum and Partick Thistle Won't be hoping for one today And, and it's probably not Coming at a particularly Good time for them Having had a good win last week And you know Trying to climb that table In the, the Scottish Championship Okay we're here until 6 o'clock Let's go around the grounds Get some team news From today's fixtures First stop Celtic Park Celtic against Livingston Here's Gordon D. Ellen first Alison Conroy Good afternoon Gordon And the big news here Is that Lee Griffiths Starts on the bench For Celtic this afternoon Hasn't featured since back in August but played for the reserves in midweek and does take his place on the bench this afternoon. Two changes to the starting 11 from that game against Motherwell before the international break. It will be Fraser Forster in goal, a back four of Jeremy Frimpong, Chris Julian, Chris Iyer and Johnny Hayes. Now with Scott Brown and Cal McGregor in front of them with the three of James Forrest, Tom Rogic and Ryan Christie the lone striker of Odson Edward on the bench. Gordon, Taylor Beaton, Bauer, Cham Morgan and Griffiths for Livingston one change from that defeat against Rangers a couple of weeks ago Aaron Taylor Sinclair coming into the starting lineup. so it will be Matcha Sarkic in goal a back for Ricky Lamy Jack McMillan John Guthrie and Aaron Taylor Sinclair and that will be Robbie Crawford and Marvin Bartley with the three of Steve Lawson Scott Pittman and Stevie Lawless Lyndon Dykes as the lone striker on the bench for Livy Stewart Tiffany Robinson Suda O'Dolphin Jacobs and Erskine Gordon DL we'll start with that big news from the Celtic team that Lee Griffiths does find a place on the bench this afternoon yeah and I think it's a perfect game for him Alison uh, obviously after international break and you look at that Celtic starting 11 it's good goals all over the pitch especially with the call of the front four Tom Rogic is in there uh, Christie's there Forrest and Edward I think that what Neil Lennon's game plan will probably look at 70 minutes 65 minutes on the clock and if it is a comfortable lead for Celtic then I will think you will see the introduction of Lee Griffiths. I'm one that I think that he can step right back in. I know that he's well, he's not even played uh, double figures in a year, mm-hmm. but he's just one of these players for me that 
if everything's okay with the lad, he's loving his football, then step him back onto that pitch, all they want to do is score goals. And the minute he gets his first goal, I think he'll be off and running. And it'll be like a new signing for Celtic because everyone is talking about the January window. If they didn't happen to Edward, they need a striker in. Lee Griffiths could answer that this afternoon. Celtic, of course, lost at Livingston just six weeks ago. They haven't actually scored against Livingston in their last three meetings. What are you expecting this afternoon? Neil Lennon says it isn't about revenge, but are you expecting a reaction? No, it's about picking up the three points mm. and then saying to Rangers over to you tomorrow at Hamilton. That's the that's most important thing for Neil Lennon and his players. It's different than at Celtic Park. As I said, Celtic Rangers at home can't see anybody apart from each other winning. Uh, so I, I, I'm not going to change my mind. This pitch is absolutely terrific. As you say, some of the players got a well-deserved break. Obviously, other players were on international duty. They'll just be wanting back to domestic football. And I see Celtic putting on a performance here today. And my favourite player of Celtic is playing it right back, <laughs> Frimpong. I absolutely love watching this boy. Yeah, Jeremy Frimpong in the starting eleven. Gordon and Lee Griffiths with that place on the bench. On that, actually, I was, I was going to ask you because you are fickle. Everybody knows that. And you used to be the leader of the Tom Rogic fan club but then he got injured he came out the team you ditched him and you started the Jeremy Fimpong fan club but now they're both playing so I'm wondering if you're feeling a bit conflicted this afternoon yeah it's a wee bit like my private life Gordon you know going through that sort of thing yeah sort of change quickly Um, but I just love the way this boy plays with a smile on his face I really do Tom Rogic I think is I kept saying it for years on his game best midfield player in Scotland. I think he's terrific. I really do. I know that there's a lot of doubters when he went out. He didn't play a lot of games, injuries, but he's back now playing. And I think what he's got is he get great competition, the fact that Christie's in there and the form he's on. But this young lad, 18 from Man City, coming up here in front of this crowd as well, packed house at Celtic Park, and the way he plays the game, I think he's a credit to any young footballer. I really do. Ah, OK, let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon then He's had a, a couple of weeks, of course Scotland in action in the international break Back to league business this afternoon against Livy Here's what the Celtic manager had to say I'd like to think we'd be on the, you know, on the ascendancy in the game um, I'd like to think we'll keep 11 men on the pitch for the 90 minutes Which will be important But the reaction from that defeat has been absolutely superb You know, the football we've played, the results we've had You know, the quality of uh, performance and the the levels of real intent in the games has been excellent. Want to pick that up as quickly as we can as we go into this, you know, volume of games now. And um, we've not scored against them in three games, so that has to be, you know, changed as well. So we're very motivated to win the game, obviously, with what's ahead of us. Uh, Gordon Livingston's task, I imagine, is made a lot more difficult given the fact that it, that it is at Celtic Park. Looking at their personnel today, and yeah, they, you know they actually went to the East End of Glasgow and came away with a point last season, so it can be done. What what are you expecting from them this afternoon, and, and do they have any chance of of making life difficult for Neil Lennon? Yeah, I think they have, but um, I think what you'll find from Livingston, they'll be organised, Gordon. Um, you know, they'll, they'll work very hard, they'll get men behind the ball, they'll try when they get the ball to get it up to Dykes and see if he can take them up the pitch a bit, 
this afternoon because that's going to be important because I would imagine Celtic will have the majority of the possession. But the one thing Livingston will give you is a fight. They'll go out there, they'll roll their sleeves up. Everyone knows their jobs. Uh, Gary Holt's been doing a terrific job uh, at Livingston, but coming to Celtic Park, especially with Celtic playing first in Rangers tomorrow, I just think it will be too big an ask. And if they lose an early goal, like most teams that come to Celtic Park, a long okay, that's the first stop on our journey around the grounds. Let's go to the capital. Real fascinating fixture this one. Hibs against Motherwell. Mark Weedy's going to explain it all for us. Yes, it's Jack Ross, his first game in charge of Hibernian at home to Motherwell today, Gordon, as you say, and he takes over. A club sitting in eighth place, 12 points from 12 games, but without a home win since the opening day of the season against St Mirren. That run of form ultimately cost Paul Heckingbottom his job. Eddie May stepped in for the last game there before the international break and they defeated St Johnston 4-1. So, depending how results go today, Hibernian could actually find themselves in the top six and that's certainly an incentive for Jack Ross and his players. He goes with a 4-4-2. Formation, it's Chris Maxwell and goals at the back, Jason Naismith, Ryan Portis, Paul Hanlon making his 400th appearance today for the club and Lewis Stevenson in midfield. It's Vikinta Slivka, Scott Allen, Melker Helberg and Joe Newell. And up front it's Florian Camberry and Kristen Doidge on the bench for the Highbees, Horgan Boyle and Mallon. James Jackson Shaw and Marciano for Motherwell. Of course, their manager, Stephen Robinson, has been linked with the Hearts job. That's still vacant. He appears to be out of the running. And for him now, it's all about focusing the job in hand at Motherwell. And a win today would take them into third place above Aberdeen, who don't play until tomorrow. So again, plenty for Motherwell to play for. They go with a 4-1-2-3 formation. It's Mark Gillespie in goals at the back. Liam Grimshaw, Peter Hartley, Declan Gallagher and Jake Carroll. Barry Maguire is the holding player in front of him. Alan Campbell and Liam Polworth. And it's a front three of Devante Cole, Christopher Long and Jermaine Hilton on the bench for the Steelmen. It's Tate, Seedorf, Manzinga, Scott, Mugabe, O'Hara sub goalkeeper is Carson and today's match referee at Easter Road is John Beaton OK let's hear from both managers then Jack Ross about to take charge of Hibs for the very first time I think being at home is a great way to start um, having been involved in games at Easter Road as a player coach and manager I always enjoyed going there it's a terrific venue to be involved in and, and now having the opportunity to be there as, as a manager of Hibs is fantastic so um, but yeah that good barometer first to for me to gauge where we're at and, and obviously where we aspire to be because right now Motherwell are in positions in the league that we would like to be and at this moment in time if you like give us that platform so a good test for us and the man who's looking to spoil the party Motherwell boss Stephen Robinson other teams see that as a you know a, maybe a turning point and new ideas fresh ideas that, that doesn't affect us we go as as I say prepared as we always do to face uh, you know I, I believe Hibs got a high calibre of players you know spent a lot of money putting the squad together and uh, I believe they've, they've got a lot of talent in the squad so we we definitely go there have to be at the top of our game as usual um, but we definitely don't go there with any kind of fear we've played them already this season we've had a good result and people were at the top of the game to get that result and we're going to need that again uh, Exciting new era for Hibs Mark Guidi I'm sure the fans going along to Easter Road will be full of optimism maybe a few questions to be answered as well looking forward to seeing what type of style Jack Ross imposes on the team how important is it when a, a new manager comes in you get that first win as quickly as possible just to give everyone something to buy into going forward ah, it, It's vital Gordon You know, without a, a home win since the first day of the season at the, the last minute 
winning again. St Mirren, so the home form hasn't been good enough. If any teams to be successful, you've got to be winning the majority of your home games. You've got to make the opposition fear coming to play on your patch, and that's not been the case under Hall, uh, Paul Heckenbottom. I was here for uh, Heckenbottom's first game in charge, and it was just flat. I think it's been a flat nine, ten months uh, for Hibernian since Neil Lennon left. Whatever you thought of Neil Lennon, attractive football, there was an atmosphere about the place, there was, there was a spirit, there was a belief. But it was almost as if that was sucked out of the place uh, under Heckenbottom. But Jack Ross has got a good track record. Unfortunately, I thought to lose his job at Sunderland, but he done very well at uh, St Mirren. And uh, he'll be looking to try and replicate that here. And it all starts this afternoon with a home victory. Uh, perhaps a bit of a blow for Motherwell. Um, Mark Noliam Donnelly, he's been away on international duty. I don't think he got much much game time, but isn't isn't involved um, today. And when you, when you look through that Hibs 11... There's clearly a lot for Jack Ross to work with there And even some of the players on the bench Guys like Martin Boyle You know, not, not giving a start this afternoon There's, There is a lot there for Jack Ross to work with If he can get a tune out of them It is, yeah I mean, he's got good options You know, if, if, if Dodge and, and Camberry can get some kind of relationship going You know, they're, they're good players Sleeker has been a good player Scott Allen, as we all know Was, was the flavour of the month uh, under uh, Heckingbottom if he can get that form going get that consistency in the final you know, Portis and Hanlon are, are a solid enough uh, back partnership we still get McGregor and boys to, to come back um, as well so yeah you're right Gordon that there is a good squad there and what he's got he's got seven and eight games between now and the winter break to assess them and players will know that they've underachieved uh, at Hibernian for whatever reasons but they've basically got six weeks to go and save themselves before the uh, the window opens OK, let's go from Easter Road to Rugby Park. Kilmarnock against Hearts. That one's been watched by Roger Hanna. Yeah, one side of Edinburgh has made a managerial appointment this week with Jack Ross taking over, as Mark said, as Hibernian manager. Hearts still in the hands of an interim boss. Austin McPhee takes charge here at Rugby Park as Anne Budge and the Hearts board still look for a permanent successor to Craig Levine. McPhee, of course, presided over that 5-2 win against St Mirren at Tynecastle a couple of weeks ago. And they could be in the top six by tea time tonight if they win here against Kilmarnock and other results go their way. The good news for McPhee is Stephen Naismith back at Rugby Park to take on his first club, Kilmarnock, after captaining Scotland in those wins against Cyprus and Kazakhstan over the past week. Glenn Whelan, he's in as well. He comes in for Andrew Irving and the only change from the side that defeated St Mirren a couple of weeks ago. So McPhee picks a side that's got Joel Pereira in goal, three at the back. Michael Smith fresh from his goal for Northern Ireland in Germany in midweek. Christoph Berra, the skipper and Clever de Camona. Across the middle, Aaron Hickey, Oli Bazanich, Glenn Whelan and Eddie White and then Jamie Walker will support Stephen Naismith and Uche Ikpiazu up top on the bench Lamal, Clare, Mulraney, McLean, Damour, Halkett and Machino. As for Kilmarnock, well Angelo Alessio has gone three without a win since he landed the manager of the month award for the Premiership. They've slipped down from third to fifth. Still no Stuart Finlay at the back because of that hamstring injury but Stephen O'Donnell and Eamon Brophy back from Scotland duty and there's also a recall for Chris Burke who scored the only goal when Kelly won at Tynecastle at the start of last month. So Kilmarnock goal Laurentio Brunescu in goal it's a back four of Stephen O'Donnell Dario Del Fabro Ali Bruce and Nico Hamalainen midfield Gary Dicker Alan Power and Mo El Macrini and then Chris Burke and Rory McKenzie either side of Eamon Brophy on the bench Koprovich Hendry Johnson Miller Jackson Thomas and so and the referee at Rugby Park is Bobby Madden uh, let's continue going around then One more stop off on our, our journey around the grounds Fraser Wishart's keeping an eye on St Mirren Against Ross County, Fraser I am Gordon and looking forward to, to this game The place looking really good The pitch looking really good But of course we enter a really busy month Before the winter break Lots of games for all the teams A vital period 
for the teams at the bottom as well as at the top because it would be quite easy for St Mirren to become adrift at the bottom of the table so Jim Goodwin will see this I think it's a really good opportunity to climb off that bottom place in the games against Ross County are games he would have identified as a vital three points and with St Johnson and Hamilton playing tomorrow against the Old Firm I win today could see Saints off the bottom of the table on Monday six points separate the teams and I win for County would obviously see them with a nine point advantage and even at this stage early in the season that's a decent cushion I was in Dingwall for this fixture early in the season not much between the teams that day 2-1 to County and I think it'll be very much the same today Sitman have a great defensive record here in Paisley amazingly the Bjorn Barisic free kick a brilliant goal it was for Rangers is the only league goal they've conceded here scoring's been the problem they did get two last time out against Hearts but as often happens when you open up a wee bit and try and get a goal you'll lose five at the other end so Jim Gooden I think will get back to the way his team's structured keeping it nice and tight at the back and look to the likes of Mullen and Obika to pinch a goal at the other end he's made three changes Jim Goodwin Broadfoot is injured McGinn and Andrew go on to the bench in come Flynn, McKenzie and Durmus they've got Vlaclav, Hladke and goals a back four of Paul McGinn Gary McKenzie Sean McLaughlin and Callum Waters in midfield Kyle McGuinness Ryan Flynn, Sam Foley and Il- Ilkay Durmus with Danny Mullen and Jonathan Obika up front Dean Linus, Cammy McPherson, Stephen McGinn, Tony Andrew, Kyle McAllister Cody Cook back after a long knee injury and Junior Morias are on the bench for Ross County Nathan Baxter starts the game in goals Marcus Fraser, Callum Morris, Liam Fontaine and Sean Kelly at the back Ross Stewart, Louis Spence Ewan Anderson and Ewan Henderson, sorry, and Josh Mullen in midfield with Billy Mackay and Brian Graham up front. The subs for County: Ross Laidlaw, Lee Irwin, Keith Watson, Richard Foster, Blair Spittle, Joe Chalmers, and Harry Payton. And the referee today in Paisley is Ewan Anderson. I mean, Fraser. Sometimes people say that the reputation you've got for being the, the draw specialist, the nil-nil specialist, the low-scoring game specialist. Some people say that it's unfair, but then there are times when the stats just stare you in the face. And you can't ignore it You mentioned it yourself St Mirren have conceded one goal at home One The best in the league The best home defensive record in the league And they've scored three at home The worst home attacking record in the league Come on Defend yourself this afternoon Well I'm sure the the stats don't lie And sometimes the truth hurts But I'm sure you and Alison Robbie Sit on a Monday when you're planning the games To see which one's most likely to be the 0-0 send But uh, it's the way Jim Goodwin structures his teams, you know. I, th- I think Sitman last year, it was amazing that they actually managed to stay up because of the, the chaos around the managers changing and the players and the number of free transfers they signed, turnover of players. There's a bit more stability about it this year, you know, and, and Jim Goodwin's got very well organised, the same way as he did uh, at Alaba last season when he did so well to keep them in the in the championship. So that's the way the team's structured. They get back into a really good shape, but uh, like I told you, Andrew, he's come in and he's not really scored as many goals as he probably would have expected. Obika lead, leads the line well. Scored a couple of goals, but he's a great player to play as a target man. But sometimes you think, get in the box a bit more and score a goal. So Danny Mullins come back in. I think St Mun fans are really pleased to see him in the team. But uh, from a St Mun fans' point of view, from Jim Goodwin's point of view, if it means it's 1 0 at the end of the day, they won't care. You see, that's power for you. The head of PFA Scotland took away Alison Conroy's marital status just <laughs> like that, called her Alison Robbie, annulled the marriage, and gave his verdict at the same time. That's power. Old habits die hard. We'll let my way with that one. That was Fraser Wishart. So that's you up to speed. You've got your team news from Celtic against Livingston at Lee Griffiths amongst the substitutes for Celtic. Hibs against Motherwell. Jack Ross at returning to Scottish football. Kilmarnock against Hearts. What can Austin McPhee do? Is he still in the audition phase? And St Mirren against Ross County. How many? Any goals will Fraser Wishart witness this afternoon? Big questions to be answered between now and five o'clock. Uh, as always, at this time on a Saturday, we'll get all the guys involved. We'll take a look back at the week's biggest stories. They're coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. 
Alex Ray, Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans Here with me Gordon Duncan in the studio We've got the top team all around the ground Celtic against Livingston Hibs against Motherwell Kilmarnock Hearts And St Mirren Ross County Not to forget some fantastic Scottish Cup fixtures This afternoon Not too far from here At Partick Thistle Against Pennycook Being one of them Pennycook Athletic from the east of Scotland League no less Looking to cause a serious upset In that famous old competition uh, I won't read them all out But seriously Some fantastic ties Auchinleck Talbot Are already one up On our broth Ooh. Hugh Keevans Dick well. Campbell I can just imagine his face And uh, incidentally Pennycook taking 1500 fans To Fir Hill Yeah And Morton against Brora So some really fascinating fixtures That we will keep you up to speed with uh, As the afternoon progresses As always When it's 5 o'clock strikes That is your cue to have your say You can join us on the line React to all of today's news uh, And anything else That might be on your mind As well now, at this time on a Saturday, Hugh, we always take a look back at the week's biggest stories. We get all the guys involved, you three, we've got the four pundits out at the grounds as well. Not much happening on International <laughs> Week. No. Um, but we now know our fate. We know what we have to do to get to Euro 2020. What have you What have you made of it all? Sum it all up for us. I think that uh, Iceland at Hamden. Israel. Israel. Good stuff. Israel at Hamden is doable. Uh no disrespect to them uh, We've not been having Best of time To ourselves But I think that's doable And then If it is Norway uh, I think that's debatable In the final Because it would be In Norway And for that reason If we do get to the final If Steve Clark Decided to ask Scott Brown to come back I'd be 100% Behind him I know the story Is speculative But If Steve Clark Should ask Scott Brown then I would be 100% behind that decision Anyone disagree with that? Is, is this a, really a question that has to be answered? Is there anything in the story as far as you're concerned Say Roger Hanna to kick us off? Um, well, I think Scott has been a bit mischievous in his answer um, He was asked the question directly And he has left the door ajar I would tend to think if everyone's fit and well By March the 26th in the Israel game at Hamden He'll probably perm three from four between Callum McGregor, Ryan Jack, Scott <coughs> McTominay and John McGinn in that sort of midfield area. Um, and Scott Brown will probably have a few well-earned days off during that international doubleheader. Um, if disaster strikes and McGregor, Jack, McGinn, McTominay are all out, I think Steve Clark would like the, the opportunity perhaps to go and ask the question of Scott. If everyone's okay I don't think you'll see Scott Brown Back in a Scotland jersey Mark Guidi Mischievous Or realistic um, a, a bit of both He's just answered a question But the bottom line is It's not up to Scott Brown It's up to Steve Clark First of all The ball's in his court If he wants to make that call He'll assess it over the next four months I'm sure Neil Lennon Won't want it to happen You're talking about Probably In the middle of end to March you're, you're in the latter stages Of the Scottish Cup You're heading towards what we all expect to be a nail-biting close finish in, the, in the, the Premiership race, so he won't want it to happen, but it's up to Steve Clark. I would be surprised, unless there's a real injury crisis, that, you know, three wins in a row, a good camaraderie about the squad, um, I would be surprised if Scott Brown get brought in, but if he were to be asked and he accepted, I think he can be an asset, but you're asking me bluntly, do I think he'll play for Scotland again? My answer would be no. Gordon Deal? Uh, yeah, I agree with Mark Greedy. That's um, a bit more. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got plenty to offer. Um, and I just think unless there's a lot of injuries and it's an emergency, why would you bring him in? I know that he's a top, top player, but he's retired. Uh, he's wanting to concentrate on his domestic stuff and totally agree with that. 
so you've got guys there turning up and playing very well and competition in that area is very fierce because I think uh, Roger's right he's got to perm three from four difficult choice so I just don't think bringing Scott Brown in um, to play in these games I don't think would be the right decision for me I think you'd rather keep the squad that he's got I agree with the guys I think it would be a, a bridge too far having come back once uh, and decided it wasn't for him I think the key thing in the way his comments were that he has to look after number one you know he spoke about the importance of getting a break going away with his family getting some sun uh, in, in the international week so for me it's a, a non-starter I, I, get, I understand why he's done it he's trying to promote a DVD his big boy <laughs> they put in, in the paper today so Gen- I, I was interested in that comment as well. I don't know. Would, would that would that make you buy his DVD? No, no but, anymore. But, but, Listen, but there's one way to end all of this, and I, I, as I said, it was speculative in the first place. However, Mark Weedy's right. It's all about Steve Clark. Now we've got four and a half months until the game against Israel. The one way to stop all of this and stop it becoming a four-month-long story is for Steve Clark to say, "Listen, mm. guys." I will not be calling Scott Brown. He's had his time. He then called time on his Scotland career. We'll leave it at that. And at that, there's no more story. It sounds like a bit of a non-starter then. Hugh Keevans would entertain it. He likes to be different. That's okay. You guys don't seem to be too interested in it. Another aspect to this, Fraser, and I don't know if this also falls into the non-starter category, can we realistically expect the SPFL to do something about the fixtures in the lead-up to those playoffs? Should they? Would they? Is there any point? How, how will it work? I know you've got um, strong feelings on, on, on the way fixtures are scheduled. Yeah, I mean, uh, they should, uh, and I think they would, but I think that's the question is can they? I think that's a key question, and we've gone over this so many times, and I was away in a conference with all the World Players Union, and a big debate is about the match calendar and a number of games that are played at a high level affecting domestic football as well. And, and I've seen Ian Blair at the SPFL, who's. who's been doing this for so long and uh, poor, poor SPFL guys get, get stick all the time at fixtures but they've hardly got a spare day hardly got a spare date throughout the whole season because of international fixtures because of Champions League fixtures because of cup ties so I, I think be, there's a willingness to do it there but only if they can and they're able to do it I don't think people are saying at the SPFL all the clubs are saying no we're not going to do it we're not going to help uh, Steve Clark. I think it's get round the table and of course we've got to see where Rangers and, and Celtic are I mean hopefully they're still both or one of them or both of them are still in Europe at that time which again has an effect on when you can schedule fixtures so I but think once we get closer to the time Hugh I think they, they, they'll have to assess it but hopefully they can do it and I think there is a willingness for everybody to support Steve Clark it's just can it be done Is it not a redundant exercise when Liverpool will not release Andy Robertson Man United won't release Scott McTominay Aston Villa won't release John McGinn And so on and so forth The English players Under no circumstances Would be allowed to take part In a training camp before the playoffs Because it's not in the English club's interest And therefore Half of the squad won't be able to come yeah, I think it's more to, for me, it's more about injuries. It's more about picking up injuries. And we do have a number of players, depending on who's fit, of course, but we can pick up players from, from Scotland. You had Ryan Jack, you had Callum McGregor, you had uh, uh, James Taylor Forrest, Stephen Naismith, Greg Taylor. So there's, there's more than half the team uh, at that time. So uh, I, I don't think it will happen. I think it's just not possible for it to happen. But if, if some of our key players, and some of those guys are our key players in the team as well, then if they can be kept fresh, even just... So they're not going to the park and picking up an injury. It could be could be an advantage, but uh, we'll need to see how it's closer to time. But I, I, just, I don't think it can happen. I think it's just not possible 
them to cancel fixtures and fit them in anywhere else. Mark Weedy, is it beneficial, Fraser and you have outlined the two sides of it there, of course, that there are players in the squad who would benefit from it, but there are loads who aren't because lots of our players don't play up here, they play down the road and, and we can't really do anything about that. Is it is it worthwhile looking into? I think it is, uh, Gordon. You know, I think the SPFL, Ian Blair and Neil Doncaster, they would do it all day long. You know, they would. But I don't think they, they, they can. It might depend how, how how severe a winter we have, how many postponements that we've got. could depend as well if, if Celtic or Rangers won or both. And in Europe, you know, one thing, I've said this for a long time, it wouldn't solve all the problems, but one thing you would, you'd need to look at that could be helpful longer term, not, not this season because they're in places, getting rid of the cup replays, Scottish Cup replays. You know, make them one-off ties because sometimes you hold back a couple of midweeks for replays or you have to move league games, etc., it's not helpful but if you ask Steve Clark can I have the players um, to prepare even if it is only the boys up here can I hire them to prepare for seven or eight days rather than three or four days all day long and if they can manage to squeeze it in they will do it the SPFL however I would say it's probably 80-20 against and that is really unfortunate for Steve Clark and for our nation um, it's noticeable the team that won the two games Gordon last week eight of the eleven who started the game are Scottish Premiership based so I think it would be of use I know the point Hugh's making about the Anglos but I think without doubt it would be of use to Steve Clark it can be done just end the winter break three days early and rather than coming back for the Scottish Cup fourth round ties on the Saturday come back the previous Wednesday I'm interested to see how many clubs are willing to do that given the likes of Celtic and Rangers have plans to go to Dubai other I'm sure players will be going on holiday from other clubs etc but that, that's all you need to do Celtic and Rangers are involved, Roger, as we all know, in the most crucial title race, perhaps of all time. And therefore, if they say, listen, the fact that you need a playoff to qualify is not our problem. Well, I think, the club, I think both Celtic and Rangers, mm-hmm. to be fair to them, are very pro the idea. Both Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard have spoken to you that they would be what they, as managers of the two football clubs, would be willing to see those games postponed in order to help Steve Clark and the Scotland national team. So I don't think Celtic and Rangers are, are an impediment to this at all. At Craig BT, you've been involved in, in Scotland squads. Would it be beneficial as far as you're concerned, something like that? I think it would be. Um, it depends on, you know, a lot of the, the players are coming up from England, which Hugh's touched on, that they're just not going to release them. So you're going to have eight or nine players Scottish Premiership based, which would benefit. You're going to have a group of players which won't benefit. I'm just thinking, you know, the, the kind of domino effect that if it was to affect Rangers and Celtic at the, the tail end of a title chase, if it's still this close again, mm. um, at the end of the season with, with fixtures postponed, if there was fixtures had to be slotted in somewhere, if one of them goes out of Europe early and it ends up Rangers mm. or Celtic end up with a backlog of fixtures, I think the, the hysteria in Scotland would it would be through the roof. I suppose, as, as Roger mentions, though, Stephen Gerrard and Neil Lennon seem quite open to the yeah, idea. But by that stage, by March, by March 31. <laughs> I think they'll have changed their minds Is Neil, that what you're telling Neil, us? Neil Lennon And Stephen Gerrard Who knows The one that doesn't win the title Might get sacked So It's their Livelihood that's on the line And if Celtic and Rangers Are still at an advanced stage Of European competition I think they're well within Their rights to say Look This not only makes us a fortune It makes the other clubs In Scotland some money as well And there's unbelievable prestige involved in Celtic and Rangers being at an advanced stage in Europe. They've been well within their rights to say, sorry, can't help you. I get that it's important, but 
I'm struggling to see a scenario where in November Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard quite clearly say they're in favour of it But down the line they then turn around and say Can't believe I got sacked because we postponed a fixture for Scotland to schedule a, a get-together That doesn't seem like well, a likely outcome Like Craig said, if, the, if a fixture backlog is created if, if the tiniest thing derails Celtic or Rangers in this league race don't worry, the scattergun will come out and everyone will get blamed. You, yeah, more yeah, than most, yeah. I would imagine. Uh, Gordon Dale, how do you assess the, the picture? I know you've watched closely the games over the last uh, couple of days. We now know what we have to do. I think most people agree that quite clearly Israel at home is winnable. Not easy, but winnable. How difficult is it given that we then have to go away to Norway or Serbia just five days later? That's my big worry. I'm with you in that. If we'd have um, been lucky enough to have two games at Hamden, packed house, Tartan Army right behind the players, I think we could have you know, probably I would have put his favourites to get there uh, you're touching on, uh, you know, the players and the Scottish players and you've got the English players, me personally I don't see what Steve Clark as a manager would get out of that, I really don't because if you're going to prepare for a game and you've got six, maybe six players in England that probably will start uh, well the majority of them will start how can you work on shape? How can you work in set plays? How can you work on tactics? I don't. I just don't see the point of it whatsoever. Unless you've got the full squad there, I don't think it makes any sense. But I do think we will win the semi-final. My big worry is on the road. Um, but one-off game, you never know what happens. Hey, come on. They say when you know you look at the the teams that do qualify, people that are successful in sport, it's the it's the small margins, mm-hmm. the small percentage gains. And if you can be Steve Clark and you can say, I've got a chance of getting James Forrest, Stephen A. Smith, Ryan Jack, etc., 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 missing the game at the weekend before it, you're eliminating the chance of injury. Or if they have got a wee injury, you're giving them four or five days longer to recover. And you can work with those those guys on it. So I know what you're saying, bigger picture, it might not count. But we haven't qualified for 22 years. And it's wee things like that that have stopped us from qualifying. Ultimately, you've got to go and win games. But you want to give yourself the best possible chance of doing so. And if even only half the squad can get the weekend off before it, that's got to be beneficial. OK, let's put that in the back burner for now. Maybe not until March, but we'll put it in the back burner for a while because we've got some fantastic fixtures this afternoon. Celtic, Livingston, Hibs, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Hearts and St Mirren, Ross County are featured games. We'll go round the grounds next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. The league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Celtic against Livingston Hibs Motherwell Kilmarnock Hearts And St Mirren Ross County That's your Premiership offering On a Saturday afternoon Alex Ray Craig Beattie And Hugh Keevans Join me Gordon Duncan In the studio We've got the top team All around the grounds As well So let's touch base With them starting again uh, At Celtic Against Livingston Gordon Dale It seems a bit strange To be focusing uh, Mostly on a player Who's not playing But that, that's been The reality of it Because you look at, at Lee Griffiths He's a player that everyone knows well. We know what he's capable of for both club and country. He's got three league appearances in pretty much a year. So his appearance on the bench is a significant one. I'm sure Neil Lennon, first and foremost, wants to see what the starting eleven can do this afternoon. Yeah, I think it is a good opportunity. It's at home. You'd expect Celtic to create a lot of chances. I, I think Celtic will win this game quite comfortably. And I'm not being disrespectful to Livingston. I just think at Celtic Park will have too much. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity and plus the fact I think it's a big boost for Celtic because we have been talking about it for the last month or so about the, the shortage that Celtic have got uh, in, in the striker position and if he can get back 
they can get Lee Griffiths back to doing what he does best. And we all know what that is, is putting the ball in the back of the net. Then that could solve a massive problem for January. They might still go in and get someone for January, but sometimes the January market's not the best. And you just don't want to get in there and take for the sake of taking. And if you've got a Lee Griffiths back playing, scoring goals, looking sharp, I think that's a great boost for Celtic, to be honest. OK, let's keep going around the grounds then, get a flavour of what's happening in the build-up. St Mirren against Ross County is an intriguing one, Fraser, because the impression I get on this show, listening to you guys every week, looking at Twitter, listening to the phone calls coming in, the St Mirren fans are... Well clearly not happy But they're sort of okay They're seeing signs That in certain games They've been performing quite well The defence has been fine But are we at that stage In the season Where that stuff starts to Go out the window Fraser They're bottom in eight points That's that's just a fact And if you don't start Trying to address that soon It becomes more of a concern Yeah absolutely They need to, to keep uh, Contact with the teams around them if, if not get above them in the next few weeks as well. And I said earlier, there's so many games between now and the winter break that uh, St Man have got a great opportunity to actually climb the table. But on the, on, on the other hand, if they don't have a good run here, there's so many games they could actually find themselves adrift. But speaking of St Man supporters around here, some supporters in the street, you bump into them, they actually think they're a better team this year. They look better, they're better organised, they look a, a, a well-structured team as well, better than last season. When, you know, I said earlier, some kind of miracle almost at the end of the season, how they managed to just cobble together a few, a few wins and managed to get themselves, uh, or sorry, stay in this division with penalties against Dundee United. So it's about scoring goals, and it's always a problem for the teams at the bottom of the table. It's an obvious thing. If you don't score goals, you don't win games, and that's the one thing that St Man have got to find somewhere. I mean, Jim Goodwin, although he's got the team well organised and structured, he's still got attacking players in the wide areas. He's playing with two strikers today as well. He's playing with Kyle McGuinness and Milkai Durmas in the wide areas. So he's not sitting in and playing with a really, really defensive formation, but uh, the way they play, they just soak up the pressure and try and pinch a goal. And I don't see many goals today but I actually do think St Myrna will win this one by the odd goal well, Here's what Jim Goodwin thinks of it certainly haven't surprised me um, you know I played against them last year in the championship with Alloa they um, you know they were building a team at that point that was going to be capable of uh, competing in the Premier League you know they had the best squad in the championship last year by a country mile and um, and won the league quite comfortably in the end. So it hasn't surprised me that the, the points that they've picked up. They've got some uh, very, very good attacking players with some good experience in there as well. Billy Mackay's proven at that level, so is Michael Gardine. Um, and obviously Ross Stewart has taken a lot of plaudits as well. So, you know, we have to be... Um, you know, we have to be at it again defensively, and if we're not, then those players can hurt you. But um, we do believe that we've got players up the other end that can cause Ross County problems, and, and hopefully that will make for a, a good entertaining game. In terms of Kilmarnock against Hearts today, Roger Hanna, I think he'll be off the hook. He won't get any blame or praise for the result, but interesting times at Kilmarnock. James Fowler, a club legend, I think he's, he's certainly up there in terms of record appearance holders in, in the modern era, back in as the head of football operations, so... Uh, yet more of our clubs going down this restructuring route. Yes, 17 years I think here as a player. He was a League Cup winner as a player with Kilmarnock here. And and it's an appointment that Angelo Alessio has welcomed. I think it's it's something Angelo Alessio and the chairman here, Billy Bowie, have been looking to do to bring someone to head up the football operation, to head up recruitment and to draw all the strands together, if you like, the recruitment, the youth development, everything that a modern day Premiership club really needs. Um, James Fowler, you know, Mark Weary was right. I thought Jack was un unlucky to lose his job at Sunderland and obviously he's number two James Fowler and went with him but I think coming back to Kilmarnock it's a good appointment for James I think it's a good appointment for the club as well going forward 
Ah, uh, yep, keeping an eye on that one is Roger Hanna, Kilmarnock against Hearts. Uh, Roger, the other thing when Fraser was talking about St Mirren needing a goal scorer is as solid as Kilmarnock have looked this season, I wonder how much that applies to them as well. I go through the list every Saturday morning. Uh, it's not really changing. They've now got a few players all bunched there, but they're top league goal scorers on two. You know, guys like Gary Dick or Stephen O'Donnell are, are in two goals, not known goal scorers. Is that something they perhaps could be doing with? Um, well, listen, every club in the land could do with a 20-goal-a-season striker, but it's going to be difficult for Eamon Brophy to score 20 goals a season if they're not creating chances for him. And yeah, Style Angelo Alessio likes to play, even here at home at Rugby Park, is more of a counter-attacking style. I think today we'll see Hearts giving a lot of the ball, Kilmarnock players filtering back behind the ball and then trying to catch Hearts on the break with Mackenzie one side. Chris Burke scored the winner at Tynecastle earlier on the season on the other side and, and Brophy through the middle. But I, I think even Chris Boyd in his pomp or Stephen Naismith who's back at Rugby Park with Hearts today in his pomp they would struggle to score 20 goals a season for Kelly at the moment the way Kilmarnock set themselves up well, let's hear from Kelly boss Angelo Alessio Hearts uh, are confident because uh, the, the, he, they played well uh, the last games the last game against Samiran they, they won uh, a game very well and uh, Sometimes there is a, a reaction when uh, happens this, when change uh, manager or uh, there is a, a, an assistant, an interim. But uh, I would think my, my team, I, I know this is a, a big challenge, uh, this game, uh, but at the same time we are ready uh, for, for to, 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 to play a good game. Uh, it's still 10 minutes or so to go Mark Guidi I just wonder what sort of crowd will rock up to welcome Jack Ross at Easter Road do you expect a, a, a bit of an uplift when a new manager comes in? Well, you, you would hope so at the moment you say 10 minutes to go not a great crowd in uh, to be honest at the moment it's not a great day either it's really dull it, it, it's raining uh, but you'd hope that come 3 o'clock in a few minutes time that it'll, it'll get a good welcome he's saying all the right things I think it is a good appointment for the club moving forward um, I think he'll do good things at Hibernian and his first aim will be to get into that top six as, as quickly as possible turn the home uh, form around and that's got to start today but they are against as you well know Gordon they're against difficult opponents I like the look of the Motherwell team I like the way that, that Stephen Robertson has recruited he's got pace in the team he's, he's got good energy goals from the middle of the park great delivery from wide areas So and, and you know fairly solid at the back too so it make, it'll make for a difficult game for Hibs but I think today they might just sneak it by the odd goal Mark Jack Ross said earlier on in the programme home is a great place to start yeah, yeah. if you win uh-huh. not a great place if you lose your first game no uh, and, and to be fair as much as they've only won once at home uh, in the opening day of the season against them they've not lost a lot of games you know, there's been too many draws I mean, but yeah for sure he doesn't want to lose again but I think he just want to get, get the, the monkey off the back right away Hugh you want to win as quickly as possible and that's why I think they'll, they'll do it today but I think when he comes out he might be a wee bit disappointed in the numbers but again that's up to him and the squad to go and build it up to bring the belief back the way it was under Neil Lennon for that two year period which was terrific good football good energy people you know, hated coming here uh, to play and that's what Jack Ross has got to try and achieve over the coming months we're getting close to three o'clock kickoffs are just around the corner. We'll go back to Celtic Park next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. And it's full time at Easter Road. Jack Ross's first game in charge of Hibs. How did it go, Mark Greedy? 
full time Hibernian 3, Motherwell 1 and a deserved victory for Jack Ross in his first game it's only Hibernian's second home win in the Premiership this season but it takes him into the top six he made a bold team selection he went with the front two of Camberry and Doidge and it paid off as both uh, strikers scored but they had to recover from going a goal down in the 10th minute Jermaine Hilton shot came back off the goalkeeper's left hand post and there was Liam Polworth for four yards to stroke the ball in and give the visitors the lead but from there on in Hibs pretty much controlled the game and really they should have won by more the equaliser came in the 20th minute good play by Joe Newell and resulted in Christian Doidge with a tap in from three yards out Florian Camberry made it 2-1, lovely play by Jason Naismith. Camberry held off his marker inside the box, a, eight a shot from eight yards with his left foot, crashed past Mark Gillespie. After the break, Christian Doys missed a sitter, he should have made it 3-1 in the 54th minute, but he hit his shot straight at the goalkeeper, Gillespie. And then in the 59th minute, though, there was controversy. John Beaton waved away strong penalty claims from Motherwell when Naismith appeared to take Polworth out the game but he waved play on. The goal looked as though it was coming, another one for Bernie, and it duly arrived in the 86th minute. Lovely play from Darrell Horgan, the substitute, on his left foot, counter-attack right down the left-hand side, and just stroked the ball past Gillespie from eight yards. Stephen Mallon, another substitute for the home team, he was clean through and hit the post uh, with his right foot in the final minute. But Hibernian played very well, lovely football, full of energy, and the supporters have already bought into Jack Ross. Hibs into the top six, deserved it victory. Full time at Easter Road, Hibernian 3, Motherwell 1. So a great start to life under Jack Ross at Hibs. What about Celtic Park? The full time whistle has gone, Gordon Allison. Full time at Celtic Park. Celtic for Livingston nil. One way traffic with Livingston limited to one chance in the 90 minutes. Watson Edward gave Celtic the lead 20 minutes in. He collected the ball from Tom Rogic and coolly chipped the ball over Sarkic for the opener. Celtic had more chances in the first half. Tom Rogic's shot was easily saved. James Forrest was denied by Sarkic after a 1-2 with Edward. Sarkic then denied Edward twice before Rogic, just before the break. Eight yards out, should have scored, but put it over the bar. Into the second half, Greg Taylor came on as a substitution and saw his shot crash off the post before Scott Brown made it 2-0. The captain doubling the lead his deflected shot going beyond the Livingston goalkeeper. Jeremy Frimpong then saw a shot go across goal before James Forrest made it 3-0, firing in after Sarkic had denied Frimpong. Lee Griffiths came on to make his first appearance since August and had a few chances to increase Celtic's lead. One effort deflected over the bar, then he had another ball at the back post, but he couldn't get it on target before he had another shot tipped over the bar by the Livingston keeper. Then into injury time, James Forrest scored a second of the afternoon and made it 4-0 Celtic. His low shot past the Livingston keeper and into the net. Full time at Celtic for Livingston nil. Gordon DL. It's very hard to say very much about Livingston. It was all about Celtic's performance today. Yeah, I don't think Livingston had a shot on the Celtic goal in the second half. They've won the full game. It was always going to be difficult, Alison. Celtic won at their greatest today, I've got to say, but very comfortable in possession, created a few chances. Um, you know, it's been a perfect day. Four goals at home, clean sheet. Lee Griffiths coming on for 25 minutes is a big plus for Celtic and basically should have scored. I thought Frimpong's ball in, back post, it was just a, a, just a lack of sharpness of not playing. Usually Lee Griffiths would have stuck that in the back of the net. But apart from that, perfect day for Celtic. 
easy street, and I've got to say, you look at James Forrest today, what a what a player he is for Celtic, scoring two terrific goals. But you will not be surprised, and nobody out there will be surprised, <laughs> that my super scoreboard man of the match goes to the one man and the player of the year already, Frimpong for me with magnificent. Another comfortable afternoon for Celtic at home. Next up is Wren in the Europa League. Full-time Celtic 4, Livingston 0. He's getting a bit excited. Let's go to Paisley. What a massive afternoon for St Mirren against Ross County. Fraser Wishart. St Mirren 2, Ross County 1. A vital three points for the home side. Just as the game looked like ending in a draw. Upstep midfielder Sam Foley to hammer the ball high into the net with only two minutes left to give St Mirren a much-deserved victory. Teams are level at the break after an open first 45. Brian Graham had scored for Ross County in 24 minutes. Really clever turn on the edge of the box. He got his shot away very quickly with his right foot from 20 yards and he beat Haladke at his, his post. Dylan Mackay almost made it two a few minutes later. A low left foot shot across Haladke. This time the keeper got a brilliant touch just, put, just putting it past the post. 43 minutes the equaliser came for St Mirren. There's a scramble from a Durmus corner. Ryan Flynn did really well. He kept the ball alive and Sean McLaughlin hammered the loose ball into the back of the net from 10 yards. It's all St Mirren in the second half. A minute into the second 45. A really good chance for them. Obika, the great turn on the edge of the box, but his shot was so weak and straight into the arms of Baxter. Dumas then had a shot deflected just wide, really good start to the half. Forsett Man Obika then set up Danny Mullen inside right. The forward blazed over the bar when he really should have hit the target. Obika's pace causing County all sorts of problems. Morris and Fontaine both booked for hauling the big striker back when it could have been red cards as he was cleaned through and it was all Saints with the pressure on the second half. Dumas missed kick eight yards out when a Flynn cross fell to him. And you felt it was only a matter of time before St. Man scored, but it was almost County. County almost snatched all three points with five minutes to go. Goal scorer Sean McLaughlin got back to clear a Henderson header off the line and what a big moment that was. A drama at the other end, a deserved winner in 88 minutes. Tony Andrew, the sub, did really well. He held the ball up. He could have passed to Obika. He delayed the pass to set up Sam Foley to one touch and with his left foot hit the ball high into the top right-hand corner from the edge of the box. Jim Goodwin enjoyed it. He punched the air for that late winner. Ross County did exactly the same to St Mirren in Dingwall in September. Saints off the bottom of the table. A big win for the home side and my super scoreboard man of the match Sam Foley not only for his winning goal but he dominated the midfield throughout the match full time in Paisley St Mirren 2 Ross County 1 and it's also full time at Rugby Park between Kilmarnock and Hearts Roger Hanna Kilmarnock 3 Hearts 0 and Austin McPhee's chances of landing the Hearts manager's job on a permanent basis are hanging by a thread after a dismal display here in Ayrshire this afternoon there were 3 down inside 17 minutes to a ramp in Kilmarnock at Rugby Park and never looked like getting back into the game at all the calamity started for McPhee after just 9 minutes great build up play by Kilmarnock Nico Hammerlinen coming in from the left hand side linking with Mohamed El and he created space for Chris Burke in the corner of the six-yard box and he lashed a right foot shot high past Hearts goalkeeper Joel Pereira and into the roof of the net. 1-0 became 2-0 after 14 minutes. This time Burke was a creator finding space down the right-hand side. A fantastic cross and there was Eamon Brophy back from Scotland bench duty through the week to glance ahead at home from six yards for 2-0. That became 3-0 just a couple of minutes later. Burke scoring a contender for the goal of the season. A wonderful solo run from halfway which ended with him cutting inside Michael Smith and planting a left foot shot beyond Pereira into the back of the net for 3-0 at that stage it looked as if it could have been anything at all, Pereira denied Burke his hat-trick just before the break with a save from a shot from just outside the box McPhee tried to turn things around at half time he took off young Aaron Hickey, he sent on Jake Mulraney and tried to go almost in a 4-2-4 formation Clever Dicamona should have reduced the deficit five minutes into the second half but planted a header wide from Ollie Bozinich's corner, Dicamona only lasted a few more minutes before going off injured, Sean Clare coming on as an emergency right back 
but Hearts just struggled. They couldn't get any attacking momentum at all towards Lorento, Branescu and the Kilmarnock goal. And indeed it was Pereira and the Hearts goal who denied Stephen O'Donnell what would have been a fourth goal for Kilmarnock just three minutes from time. Hearts, who could have been top six, as we said at the top of the show, if results had gone their way, are now just one point off the bottom and Budge facing huge decisions this week over a manager and a sporting director. And guess what, Gordon? Next up, Ibrox, a week on Sunday. And now it's over to you, 01419511025 on the phones. The open line is here and it's time for you to get some things off your chest. Celtic fans, how impressed were you with what you saw this afternoon? Lee Griffiths returns to action. Jeremy Frimpong impressing again as Celtic run out 4-0 winners. What did you make of it? You were there, you kept an eye on things, so tell us what you witnessed. 01419511025 will also preview tomorrow's game between Hamilton and Rangers and elsewhere. Any Hibs fans out there want to come and wax lyrical about your team under Jack Ross? Or on the flip side, any Hearts fans out there, what does today do? Is that the final nail in the Austin McPhee managerial coffin? Or could he still pull it out the bag? You tell us. 01419511025 And of course, don't think I've missed out you St Mirren fans. A huge three points. How big could they be come the end of the season? Can this be the turning point to really kick you up the league? 01419511025 We'll hear from you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Full-time scores from the Scottish Premiership Celtic 4, Livingston 0 Hibs 3, Motherwell 1 Kilmarnock 3, Hearts 0 And St Mirren 2, Ross County 1 In the Scottish Cup third round Auchinleck Talbot 1, Arbroath 1 Albion Rovers 1, Airdrie 4 Bonnie Rig Rose 2, Montrose 1 Dumbarton 3, 4 for 1 East 5, 3, BSC Glasgow 4 Edinburgh City 4, Annan Athletic 3 Elgin 1, Alloa 3 Fort Martin 0, East Kilbride 4 Inverurie Locos 0, Broxburn Athletic 1 Morton 1, Brora 1 Partick Thistle 1, Pennycook Athletic 0 Queen of the South 1, Queen's Park 2 Wraith Rovers 1, Peterhead 0 And Stirling Albion 0, Clyde 2 Stranraer 1, Dunfermline 0 The only championship match Inverness Cali Thistle 1, Dundee 0 In the English Premier League, West Ham 2 Tottenham 3, Arsenal 2 Southampton 2 Bournemouth 1, Wolves 2, Brighton 0, Leicester 2, Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2, Everton 0, Norwich City 2 and Watford 0, Burnley 3, the floor is yours. Come on here, get it off your chest, what did you witness today Celtic fans? I'd imagine you are happy but why are you happy? What are you most happy about? Maybe Jeremy Frimpong, maybe the return of Lee Griffiths? Let us know right now in the phones 01419511025 uh, what about you Hibs fans? How pleased are you to see Jack Ross get off to a winning start? Kilmarnock battering hearts by three goals to nil. Is that Austin McPhee's chances of getting the job over? And St Mirren fans, just how big could that be for you? A late goal from Sam Foley giving you that victory at home to Ross County. A good day, Hugh Keevens. We were back with a bang after the international break. Some great stories. Frimpong's becoming a terrific story. You know, Celtic acquire him for something on the order of £300,000. He's 18 years old He's fast becoming an established member of this side There was a debate Who would play in important matches El Hamed or Jeremy Frimprong um, I, I know that Gordon has had his fun But beneath the, the humorous aspect I believe that Gordon DL is looking at A real player And that's why he is being so complimentary So Frimprong has become quite a story 
Hugh Keevans is here As you can tell Craig Beatty and Alex Ray Are alongside him And Gordon Diel Is at Celtic Park as well So you've got a lot to choose from Get in touch right now Let us know what you witnessed today That's the brilliant thing About the phone in on a Saturday You get that eyewitness account Maybe you're just coming out The stadium You're getting into the car You're going on the supporters bus The train Whatever it may be Now is the perfect chance For you to call And tell us what you saw 0141 What stood out for you two today? Yeah, obviously Celtic, very dominant. Gordon, I think St Mirren's win's paramount for them in terms of, we were talking about earlier on, but they set up for a point. I think three points is massive for them. Uh, Kamarok continue to impress. Austin McPhee fails at the big addition when it matters. Uh, so, you know, and then some of the cup results today were absolutely brilliant also, but we're sure we'll touch on them later on. Yeah, for me, it's definitely St Mirren and Hibs' win. Um, Jack Ross going into Hibs. You know, second win in the bounce takes him into the top six and a massive, massive three points for St Mirren today. Who happens to meet Hibbs midweek? Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. Fancy yeah. it, fancy going to be run down. That's a right good game. You'll get a good reception anyway. Always. Um, I'm sure. So that, that would <laughs> Free pies and everything, Hugh. <laughs> it's, just throwing, it's just that they're thrown at you here. <laughs> uh, right, come on. 01419511025. Put your point to Gordon DL if you want to discuss Celtic's performance. Because oh, it's that time of year, Gordon. You'll be getting a bit cold by now, I'd imagine. Uh, All right. Looking forward to the next hour. Yeah, uh, only fifty-five minutes or something. So actually... that's that's actually me. Gordon, can I just yes. ask you? You know, I, I did say that you've had your fun over Jeremy Frimprong, but I detect a real professional respect from you to him. I'm going to cut Gordon Deal off, not because oh. I enjoy it, but because we're going to get a call about that in a couple of seconds. I think I can see it coming through, so we might as well just. Oh, could it seamless link? It's yeah. all there. It's a very smooth transition. There's no point in Gordon giving us his Jeremy Frimpong outpouring of emotion before we get the chance to hear from George in Milton. George, what's on your mind tonight? How you doing, guys? Good evening to the panel. Hello. Hi, George. I think I think Frimpong's really, really exciting, guys. An exciting prospect. Is he going to get a game in the League Cup final? This is a big worry. I know that he can play against the Hamiltons, the Ross Counties and the Livingstons alike. But will he get a, a chance in the final, guys? So, that's a great question, Gordon DL. You certainly can't really argue with the form he's on at the moment. Gordon, uh, I know what Hugh was saying and I do have my fun with the lad because obviously being a Man City player. But I've... <laughs> I've got to say something. This boy, I gave him money match today. Not because I was having fun. This boy deserved it. Uh, he was absolutely superb for me, especially second half. Uh, he was unlucky not to score, and the ball rebounds to James Forrest, who sticks it in the back of the net. He was up and down the park constantly. I've, I, I, the energy the boy brings to the team is incredible. For an 18-year-old, he's playing in front of a massive crowd here at a massive club, and he does not look out of place. He was absolutely brilliant for me today. I love the way he plays football. He looks just like a lad that loves going out there and enjoying himself and expressing himself. And he's certainly doing that. And I think he's a big favourite with the Celtic fans. But El Hamad, I would imagine, when it comes to the cup final, if everyone's fit mm. I think he'll get the nod Right we're going to have to assume That he's fit Just for the purposes of the discussion Because I know he's injured at the moment And he is a doubt Obviously if he's injured Then Frimpong plays But for the benefit of the debate They're both fit Okay mm. Do you give Frimpong the nod In that cup final Craig Beatty? Absolutely 100% for me It's Frimpong um, wow. And I'll tell you why We, we stood here 
during the Ross County game um, and he had rave reviews the following game after that was Aberdeen away and, and I stood in the studio and I said put him in he's on absolute fire he's very very offensive so he'll take the Aberdeen full back the other way yeah we don't know if he can defend as of yet but he needs tested so yeah he played the Aberdeen game he was fantastic as well he's then not eligible to play at that point in Europe he's came out of the team he's gone straight back in the team and he's been absolutely superb since now you look at him against Rangers' left back Bona Barisic who is also offensive he's a, he's a big outlet he's an outball for Rangers he puts a lot of dangerous crosses in the box now from a Celtic perspective if you put him up against Frimpong and Frimpong can get him going back the way that nullifies a lot of what Rangers do in attack there would be wingers in between as well that would be a real fascinating side of the pitch that depending on who plays for both sides what about you George you ask the question is that because you would you would play Frimpong I think as El Hamid fits O'Neill will go with El Hamid he might, he might even go with the boy that they tried and trusted uh, Bauer at right back I don't think he'll play the boy in the final uh, I think he's. I think he was man of the match by a street today. I think every time I see the boy play, I think he really impresses me. Uh, he's getting better and better every time I see him. Uh, I would love to see him in the final. I think he's got every every attribute, you know, to make to make it in the game. I, I honestly hope that he does, and I hope we give him the chance in the final. But I just can't see it, guys. If George thinks that Jeremy Frimpong was man of the match by the length of a street. And Gordon DL, who is, after all, bringing a professional managerial ex-player's eye to these things, and he makes him man of the match as well, and Neil Lennon continues to pick him, and Neil Lennon clearly believes in him, then even if El Hamed is fit, and he is a doubt for the cup final, even if he is fit, it might be, using Craig Beatty's philosophy, that Neil Lennon will say, no, no. Let's play him And let him play his way And let's see the effect that has on mm. Rangers I don't understand why we would be Looking at potentially making a case For not playing One of Celtic's most effective players Is it, is it just because he's 18? Surely if you're good enough You're old enough And that's yeah. most certainly the case With, with Frimpong at the minute but the, only, the only thing I'll say about that Craig And you know I'm a massive fan of the young boy El Hamad has been terrific Since he's uh, turned up at Celtic Park He's been very good. The only thing that really is keeping him out the, the the team is probably the injuries that he's picking up. I I have no problem whatsoever because I think this boy can get in and handle a cup final. I really do. I would love to see him in the cup final because I love watching him, as I said earlier. But I just think that looking at Neil, I would probably go, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, El Hamid would probably stand for it. It depends. For me, it depends on if El Hamid makes any appearances between now and the final because effectively you are looking at a month out, Gordon, before he would uh, mm -hmm. reappear for the final in the eighth. So it's just over four weeks. So, uh, you know, I think if El Hamid played, you know, I think he may well be the number one choice. But the more Frimpong performs like he did today and the game's gone by, there's every opportunity that Neil will say, let's get him in. Mm -hmm. See what's unusual for me with, with Frimpong? What you usually get is you usually get the senior players lift the other players around about them. See with Jeremy Frimpong, see with, see with his enthusiasm and yeah. his energy. I actually feel like he lifts everybody else. I feel like he's come in there as a kid and he's lifted the whole place. Well, let's get an alternative view, or maybe it's the same view, but it's uh, from Paul and Kirk and Tillich. What do you think, Paul? Uh, hi, guys. Hello. Hi, oh. I'm just I'm just going to the game. I'm sitting in the car. I'm waiting to leave. First things first. I feel bad. Happy birthday to you. Thank I'm you. Not to wish you happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you, Kindly Paul. <laughs> uh, the young guy from Fon. I'm astounded that uh, I think I'm right in saying that before he came to Celtic, he'd never played a first team game. Is that right? Correct. 
that totally astounds me. I mean, what a gem this this on earth here, you know, he's he's got so much energy and uh, to be fair, I mean he's not had a lot of defensive duties to do, but going forward, I mean I don't know if he can call him a defender. He's he's uh, and I agree with what Craig says, he's just he's an infectious wee guy, he's he's great. I didn't realise he was Dutch also, I thought he was English. Uh, but terrific today, they were all terrific. Great to see uh, Tom Rogic, that's the best I saw him as well, starting to look him all self again. But great performance there. Mm-hmm. A very tough battling Livingston team. How Go. much did uh, Lee Griffiths impress you when he came on, Paul? Uh, Mr. Sitter, uh, I, I don't think it's fair to judge him. I mean, I don't know. He, he didn't look like him also. I don't think he looked on himself. But he, I know he's fat, but he's no match fat, so I couldn't really give a proper yeah. opinion to be honest. Yeah, Gordon, was there anything yeah. worth note from Lee? Well, listen, the fact that he was there, the fact that he got on the pitch is worth noting. I just wonder if once that happened, Anything of note? Um, I think you should have scored, Gordon. I think if you turn the clock back maybe to last year, um, when that ball comes in from Frimpong, uh, he's standing at the back post. It's an easy tap-in, but he doesn't adjust his feet quick enough. And that's just because of the fact he's not played a lot of football. The one thing I did like about him, he came on, he was making good runs in behind, he was trying to show for the ball, he was trying to get involved. After the game was finished, it's the usual, they're out onto the pitch doing a bit more, bit of exercise, bit of running. He's a bit to go. Um, he's obviously got a bit of catch-up. But the one thing about Griffiths, and this is what I'm saying about his chance today, you can you can say that he didn't take the chance, he missed a sitter, but the one thing you know about a good striker, he'll put himself in the positions mm-hmm. to miss it, and he's not forgotten how to do that. Right, there is this debate, Gordon, obviously, as we've had in the last couple of calls now about Jeremy Frimpong. His form <laughs> is very good. Is it good enough to play against Rangers in the Cup final if everyone's fit? How much has he been tested defensively? This is not his fault, by the way. This is not a criticism of Jeremy Frimpong. I just wonder how different it would be when the opposition might be, I don't even know, Ryan Kent or Jordan Jones or someone like that compared to what he's faced so far. And again, that's not Jeremy Frimpong's fault, but I wonder how much it would come into Neil Lennon's thinking. Yeah, but you can only you can only go by what you're watching, Gordon. Now, even when... You know the wide players of Livingston, for instance, today got the ball. They, they can't run him because he's very, very pacey. He looks decent enough as a defender. But when you come up against guys like Ryan Kent, very tricky, a quality player, £7 million, then it may be a different question. But I just go with what I see. And, and Craig's right. See, when you come and sit and watch a, a game of football and you see a young boy there, and as I say, he's a, he's a tiny lad. You, you would think that's a youth team player playing down there, 18 years of age. And you see the Celtic players, the Scott Browns and everything, they feel so comfortable with him. The minute they get the ball, they're looking because he knows he's a willing runner, everything about him. As I say, I love the fact that I can sit at a football game and watch someone enjoying doing their work, apart from myself in the mirror. But it was absolutely... Sensational for me today And as I keep going back to it If Neil Lennon decided When we get to December 8th And I'm sitting at Hamden Park And I see the team sheet And he's on it I'll tell you what I would never question it I've no qualms whatsoever About that decision Paul, anyone else Stand out for you today? Was it a little bit different From the traditional Kind of full strength Celtic team Because there was no El Yunusi So we had a situation where Christie and Rogic Both played How did that work for you Paul? I think the two, the two of them look good. I mean, I think Livingston were that 
I mean, Livingston are about as physical a team as you'll come up against in the league. They really were. They were really, really putting themselves about. And they didn't need to do that to credit to them. But uh, they weren't getting much room, and it took to the second half uh, to really kind of grind them down a bit. But Neil Lennon's team, that's that's a mark green Neil Lennon's teams. They hang in, they hang in, and they grind them down. Then eventually they, they get there. Just out of curiosity, Gordon, um, another favourite of yours. He's very, he's very much in the back burner now, by the sounds of it. But Tom Rogic, did he look as if he's getting a bit back to to what we're used to? Yeah, he is. But the big uh, problem, I I go against it a little bit. I think that it's got to be a hard decision for Neil Lennon. Um, today, Christie actually started on the right hand side. Forrest went over to the left. Now. I think Forrest is better. Argument is he scored two goals. But I think Forrest better uh, coming off the right hand side, and I think you've got to choose because Elian Yusu, who I think is a terrific player when he's fit, will come back in the left hand side. You've got to choose who it's going to be there. I can understand getting your best players on the pitch, but there were three positions moved today just to suit the the players. You know, and it was Livingston, and you can get away with that because you've got the better players. You're going to, going to dominate the game. But at Hamden against Rangers in the cup final, I think that Neil will have a big decision to play, uh, make. Sorry, I think, and it will probably be Christie. And I, I do like Tom Mogic, I've got to say, I think he's a terrific football player. But Ryan Christie, I think, just ahead of him just now. I don't think he can start playing Ryan Christie. That he's not, a, he's not as effective playing on the right hand side, get him in the middle part where he makes his runs, causes his midfield problems, causes defenders problems and gets his goals and I think that's a decision they will need to make. Scott and Burnmullock, let's put the question to you, has Frimpong been tested enough defensively to justify putting him in against Rangers? Well, has he tested the other defences? Is my argument to it? He's doing so much good work going forward that the other team, and to look at it today, the Livingston fullback could have got the pitch because every time Frimpong got the ball, he just drove into the space. Um, I, I think it's a reverse psychology. If you if you can play in the front foot, then you're going to keep the other team. That's your fullback. That's not your attacking mid- midfield player. That's your fullback. It's keeping their fullback and possibly the winger uh, sort of tied up doing defensive duties. That's the way I'm looking at it because yeah. everything we've created just now, 90% of the stuff we created today down the right hand side I think because it's a cup final Because it's Rangers uh, Everyone sees it in a different light But Craig might just have it Hit on the head here He Is 18 years old What does that matter if you're good enough He is inspiring All the players round about him Including Scott Brown and Very nearly twice his age And As Scott on the line is saying Well it's another philosophy Go and take it to, to where they are Not worry about what they might do To expose him for his inexperience I think at the moment If this was a If you're compiling an odds list Frimpong is the favourite to play Not Elhamed It's a fair point Alex Because yeah. you defend from the front You know if you're If you've got a style of play And you're the team that wants to Provide that attacking impetus yeah. You don't necessarily worry about The other way no, I think I think they will encourage him to bomb forward at every opportunity, Gordon. I think it's his strength. Um, and when you look at the games, you look at the way they went about demolishing Aberdeen because we felt as if there was going to be a small kind of possibility, maybe a McGinn or someone, maybe try to get some change out on. But on the day, he was outstanding. He's been outstanding again today by all accounts. 
And it will be interesting But there will be a point within a game That he will have to defend There's no two ways about that And the biggest challenge that I see To Celtic in terms of taking the game to them Would be uh, 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 Rangers When I look at the rest I think man to man I don't think they have enough of the ball Rangers will have periods at the game Where they will have the ball And I think that will be the question mark At that point But I take the Listen it's, it's the, other, the other side is If he keeps bombing forward Ryan Kent and the Barisic have to deal with that And then adversely it has to mm. you know, defend the other side of the coin Final word to you Scott Make it brief if you can I know, well, All I was going to say was He defended very well today When he was asked to defend There was two or three occasions Where he was second Second best to get the ball And he, he ran back And took the ball off the forward So he can defend mm. as well It's not just as if he can't defend Yeah I mean to be fair I don't think anyone's saying He can't It's just about having seen seen him in, in that type of environment Thank you very much to Scott Putting a different spin on it 01419511025 And we're going to start hearing From today's managers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie, Alex Ray, Gordon DL all here Let's go straight back to the phones and speak to Jamie Who's a St Mirren fan on the line Just how big a three points was that today Jamie? I think it was a massive three points I was going to the games with my dad And we were talking about how it was a shame After the St Johnston win we were away To Celtic on Marnock and Hearts We didn't really fancy getting any momentum with the games And it was great to come back home and we're already early on in the season Felt like a must win game So it was it was great It was a massive three points for us already Yeah Hugh Keevans you'd agree with that Yeah uh, If for no other reason It takes you off the bottom That's a nice psychological lift uh, The only thing I would say is that It's Hibs In Paisley On Tuesday It would be wonderful For Jim Goodwin to follow that up And uh, get another home win That would be sensational for St Mirren So you, you know You've got the psychological lift can you carry it into the next match? Uh, Jamie, what stood out for you today? I know St Mirren certainly were coming back into the game Second half very impressive according to Fraser Wishart Yeah, it was definitely the first half kind of Both sides were a bit flat Even going in at one all. But second half I felt we definitely kind of turned it round um, I think bringing on Tony Andrew um, Kind of gave us a bit more flair Kind of thing the passes in the middle of the park But the player that stood out for me was Foley um, I thought even first half he was outstanding and then to get his goal at the end of the game just kind of topped off. It was a great performance when we missed. When Mullen missed the two chances, usually that's kind of how the stories went so far this season, but that's usually when he knows it's only going to end one way with St Mum when we miss those clear-cut chances. But luckily Foley stepped up and he grabbed a great winner at the end. Yeah, for me, I think the goal, Jamie, just before half-time, uh, you know, to, to go in at one each gives everyone a lift. As you said, if the first half was flat. That was the report we got here. And to actually go and dominate the game To get the winner with a couple of minutes to go It's a big, big three points And when you look at some of the fixtures in the coming weeks as well There's an opportunity for some men to actually pick up some good points Because you're not playing the Rangers or Celtic or any, anyone like that You know, you've got um, you've got Hibs in midweek Aberdeen's the tough one Motherwell, Hamilton, Livingston, St Johnson So there's, there's plenty of points in the offing in the next mm. couple of weeks I mean, Jamie, the performances haven't been a million miles away Is this... Can this be the sort of turning point? Can you see this being the kickstart to drive you up the table? I think so. I mean, it's the, the big thing is, 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 which is kind of looking reassuring early on is that we're certainly kind of playing at home. They're, they're kind of turning the home, playing at home into kind of that fortress, if you like. They're, they're constant playing at home. And I think away from home, we've been a bit unfortunate. That's obviously, there's no hiding it. Our strikers haven't been firing um, on all cylinders, both home and away. 
But hopefully if, if the confidence can keep growing and they start getting that belief and if they can carry the belief and confidence they get playing at home away, then hopefully we can start kind of pushing um, and, and going forward and start kind of climbing up the table a wee bit. Shows you the, the, the fine lines and the margins in football because Fraser Wisher had reported that McLaughlin had cleared one off the line with five minutes to go from Henderson, is that right? No, yes, no, that was that. That was for I talk about when St Mum missed these chances. You just sit and wait for the sucker punch and McLaughlin, you're right off the line and then we go up the other end and, and grab and, it. And so managed to get the winner. So that's, that's the fine lines in football and, and for St Mum, that's probably going to be the case throughout the season because you know we know they don't concede too many goals. They also don't score too many goals yeah. and you know, I think every game as a St. Myrna uh, fan is going to be a bit of a, a white knuckle ride in, in, in terms of the small margins. Jamie, you made a very valid point there. When you look at St. Mirren's home form, they're currently sitting six. You know, that if it was purely down to that and the away form, they're, they're at the bottom of the, the table. They haven't picked up a point yet. So you're absolutely right. It's crucial that they pick up as many points at home as they can and then try and get something going on the road. Good points, well made. Jamie in Paisley, thank you very much. Enjoy your night. I'm sure you will with three points in the bag. Want to hear from Neil Lennon, Hugh? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Very powerful. You know, their fitness levels and their, you know, battle for second balls today, but the football was, you know, superb. And um, it's a very comprehensive win against a, a tough team to beat at times, but I thought we were outstanding today. And, you know, off the back of the two-week sort of sabbatical with the internationals, it's always a worry where you maybe lose a bit of momentum, but there was no, no sign of that today at all. There was some outstanding individual performances again, you know, Fringpong, Julian, McGregor. You know, Brown, Forrest, I can name them all really. There wasn't one weakness out there today, so I'm absolutely thrilled with that. You mentioned Jeremy, you're running out of things to say about. He's amazing. You know, I have to say, you know, that performance in, in isolation is one of the best I've seen from him right back at Celtic and everything. You know, pace, power, assists, you know, shots on goal, recovery runs defended well. For a kid at 18 to come in in a, a daunting environment like this, he's he's handling it brilliantly, but his talent is unequivocal at the minute. You know, he's just in... He's made us better, there's no question that. An unbelievable um, reaction from fans to Lee coming on as well. Yeah, I mean, you can see how popular he is with the fans. You can see he's still got a bit to do, but, you know, he's sniffing out chances and his work rate was good, so, yeah, it's a timely sort of come back for him, you know, with the volume of games we've got coming up. So we just want him to get fitter and stay fit and stay at that level. And there's plenty more to come from him. He's made us better. Oh, says it all. There, there is the quote from Neil Lennon. He's made us better. On that basis, there is no debate about who plays in the cup final. For me, that means that mm. if he makes you better, it stands to reason then that he plays. Especially when you think of what that means, Gordon Dale, because yeah, new signings making a team better. That's that's kind of the idea. But Celtic have been cleaning up domestically for the last three seasons, and he's an eighteen-year-old guy who's never played a, a first-team game. So for him to come in and make that team better, that that probably is as, as high a compliment as you could pay him at this moment. Yeah, you can't get any higher than that, especially coming from Neil Lennon. Uh, and he's right because, especially at home, Gordon. As I said, for an 18-year-old, and we've all been there getting into a team and we've played with Celtic and Rangers, and you try and just sort of uh, not cheer yourself into the game and you'll do the simple thing and hope, hope that everything's OK and the experienced players will look after you. He's the complete opposite. He just takes a game and, and, and on, he, on he goes. And he's got so much confidence for a young boy as well. And I think that 
every Celtic player round about him loves playing the fact that the way he goes about his business. They love just giving the ball and you go, son, run up and down there all day. His fitness levels is absolutely brilliant. Should be for an 18-year-old. Um, but absolutely great. His recovery, everything about him. Uh, the only thing is, um, <coughs> my wee bit unhappy, he's not a goal scorer, but we'll let him off with that. <laughs> Not a goal scorer from yeah, right back. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a, he scored a few weeks ago. He's a tough critic. That's what he, he did. He scored at Aberdeen. Aberdeen, didn't he? Yeah, he should have scored today, to be fair, boy. There was, never a, there was never a better fullback for Celtic than Danny McGrain. He couldn't score either. Let's get the view from Kevin just along the road in Clyde Bank. What are you making of Frimpong and Celtic at the moment, Kevin? Right, hey, how are you doing, panel? Hi, Kevin. It's nice to be on. Thanks very much for uh, giving me the, the chance. What's a problem? I was at the game today and uh, I was so excited. I was out my seat. Every time Frimpong get the ball, that boy has got everything. He's got pace, he's got great feet. And see if you're good enough, you're old enough. Gordon made a really good point earlier on. Uh, and I agree with him 100% that I would play him the final because he's good enough. Derek Johnson, one year former panelist, he played in a Scottish Cup final when he was 17. 16. 16 was it Oh yeah. sorry Apologies <laughs> Somebody had to make a decision uh, And they put him in Because he was good enough There was, there was another quote there uh, Kevin from uh, Neil Lynn Where he said that uh, Frimpong was handling the environment And you know Up here We get hung up on oh, It's an old firm cup final And old He Jeremy Frimpong Knows nothing of these matters he he can come in with a, a, a clear mind And just do what he does Well you make a really good point Hugh Because I was saying to my, my mate Paul Who was sitting next to me today He, uh, he plays with no fear you know, he, he, just, he just enjoys the game he was, he was playing the game today As if he was playing an under 18 match For Bel Air United or whatever <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean He just, he just went on and he done his stuff It was brilliant I like the way Kevin describes it Because it's one of those football phrases That stands the test of time And that always will Players that get you off your seat That'll never, that'll never yeah, change how, how often do we talk about that as a, as a fullback? You know we're talking about Like some Messi and Ronaldo And no wingers, strikers, flair players But we very very rarely discuss that In terms of, of being a fullback. And Neil, Neil Lennon said there In isolation it's one of the best fullback performances I, He's ever seen you know, I'm almost afraid to say self. this Because people will Hold it against you forever But Kieran Tierney was 18 And in the team So what's the difference? Yeah I'm, I'm actually biting my tongue here To encourage people to stop saying He's only 18 Because yeah. it's starting to annoy me Just he's say it then he's Just listen, say it He's proved that he's good enough <laughs> He's proved that he's good enough And The sooner we start saying Ah He's 18 he's, Listen He's good enough Put him in Has, go. has been at 18 You've <laughs> <laughs> peaked by that point <laughs> I, I, I'd gone <laughs> My career was over uh, Kevin and Clyde Bank Thank you very much for the call It's 01419511025 If you would rather tweet uh, You can find us at Clyde SSB um, As well Maybe not expecting so many calls On these subjects Hugh But look at some of those results In that Scottish Cup oh, today Yeah yeah. I wrote down uh, As I was looking at them You know Auchinleck Talbot Have now uh, Taken Arbroath to a replay Now Arbroath are doing well In the Championship BSC uh, beat East Fife 4-3 in Fife uh, and they come from the Lowland League uh, the Lithgow Rose have defeated Montrose uh, uh, Bonnie Rigros uh, Bonnie Rigros I yeah. think about uh, 
Uh, and Brora Rangers have taken Morton to a replay in the Highlands. Uh, you know, even Pennycook only lost one nil against Partick yeah. Thistle. I mean, yeah, I know that that's don't want to glorify defeat, but that's a great effort from them. Brought tremendous travelling support, so it's been a, a good day all round. Yeah, you look at Stranraer as well. I know it's obviously mm-hmm. you know yeah. you beating Dunfermline, a big big team there as well, Gordon. And as you said, Brora, you know it's an opportunity to take the yeah. Morton all the way back up the road. Queens right. Park, good a good winning yeah. against yeah. very yeah. good result for them. Yeah, forget this positivity though. Let's go negative. Let's go dark and worrying here wow. because oh. Ken, like that, we like that. Kenny's a Hearts fan. Kenny, how would you sum up the picture after today? It's, it's even darker than that, Gordon. <laughs> Evening, guys. Uh, no, I think. Uh, to be totally honest, I've persevered with it for long enough now. I think we need change. Uh, we've all talked about Austin going up the stair or Austin being the manager. I think we just need a complete clear out and what's... We can't be that bad, you know what I mean? For, what, a season and a half ago? Uh, playing great football at the top of the league and all of a sudden then get crashing and just keep continually falling. It's got to stop somewhere and hopefully uh, tomorrow there's an announcement. I mean, particularly after the last result, and I know you've got an international break in between, but Hearts yeah. going to get the win. They scored five goals against St Mirren. They get the three points. Austin McPhee had taken them away. It's St Andrews, and you all heard the story. Uh-huh. I don't think you were expecting that, Hugh, no, today. Not at all. And the, the manner of it. I think, first of all, we have to put Austin into perspective, and I'd be interested in Kenny's input into this because, all right, he looks like. Somebody from San Francisco in 1967 Which doesn't matter no, Let's be honest it doesn't, it doesn't matter And you know People keep on referring to What kind of suit he's got on That doesn't matter either uh, And he's one of the Computer The laptop Guys That doesn't matter either The only thing that matters in football Are you a successful manager Or an unsuccessful manager Kenny is a major Hearts fan And he doesn't like what he's watching here uh, But it's got nothing at all to do with Austin McPhee's hair His suits His laptop It has everything to do with how the team plays And that ultimately will determine Whether or not Austin gets the job And I'll ask Kenny directly Do you think That his chances of getting the job Kenny Are over as of today? Yeah, definitely I think I think uh, As you said you, You've referred to earlier to you About uh, he was there with Carthro He was there with Levine we need a complete clear out. There's, there's no point in hanging. You, you can't go. You can't go forward in the future dragging the past behind you. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, yeah th- but this this hasn't been a, a big surprise to anyone. You look at their running the tail end of last year. I think what they have would be one or two wins out of about a dozen games. It was really poor. And then you look at the form this year: three wins beats. They're the lowest yeah. points taken at Tynecastle, where it used to be predominantly a really difficult place to go. You're absolutely right Kenny They need a, a clear out They need to go back to basics They need to get a new management team in And a chief uh, uh, director of football To oversee all this Because they need to get on the front foot mm. Because the, where they're languishing at the moment Is not acceptable for the money And the budget that the, pa- the well, fans are putting the in first, The first thing Kenny said was You know Going from playing good football Being top of the league You know Surely we can't be that bad Now I'm okay if you have <laughs> a bad point. half of football If you have a bad performance yeah. today You can say Surely we're not that bad but over the course of a year and a half, Kenny, the, the sad state of affairs for, for Hearts at the minute is you really are that bad. Kenny, thank you very much for the call. Sorry we couldn't cheer you up. It's, it's that bad, <laughs> says Craig BT. 01419511025. Still time for you to get in touch. We are going to hear from more of today's managers and we'll look ahead to Hamilton against Rangers as well next. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig BT, Alex Ray, and Gordon DL. Are you still there? I'm still You're here good, good to have you, you Great, the down in yeah. here, uh, The guys are all still here Waiting to take your calls Here until just before 6 o'clock So still time 01419511025 Reflecting on another dramatic And exciting day In the weird and wonderful world Of Scottish football No shortage of stories uh, This afternoon Hugh Keevans um, You seem very keen To hear from Austin McPhee For only, some reason you seem, Only for this reason You know as I say Well listen I'm, I can I can grant you that wish If you, if you want Okay let's go Right okay do I don't think last week meant that I should get the job, and I I, I don't think that that I think there's a bigger picture here. Um, that you know I've I've obviously taken the team six times now. Um, whether uh, I'll take it at Ibrox next Sunday, I don't know. As I've said before, I I speak to Anne every day. Um, she's assessing the situation uh, day by day, and and I think that you know the 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 plan will be more long term. Um, I do think that uh, obviously when you win, your odds increase, and when you lose, your odds decrease. Um, but the reality is that I've taken the team six times, I've won four games. You know, today was a very disappointing result, uh, and then especially in the manner of the losing the three goals and, and the way we've lost the goals, completely preventable within an eight-minute period. And, and naturally, we have a, a, a huge game next Sunday at Ibrox, um, which will which we need to make sure we count these basic errors for. Well, he makes a fair point His chances weren't enhanced by a win uh, His chances don't necessarily die because of a defeat However, he says that all of the goals were preventable Some people think they will though, surely Some yeah, people yeah. have that as the, as the nail in the coffin Absolutely uh, He says all of the goals were preventable And therefore that should be a major mm. concern to someone who has coached the players all week long and they lose three preventable goals in the first 20 minutes. It's that stage on a Saturday where time is starting to get away from mm. us. It was actually Kilmarnock who inflicted the damage on Austin McPhee. So let's speak to Simon on the line. He's a Kilmarnock fan. How good was it today, Simon? I hope you've all had a good Saturday and hope you're feeling better, Gordon. Thank you. Getting there, Simon. Um, yeah, it was an excellent performance. I've got a couple of wee points to make, just one about the game and one about Angelo Less overall, if you don't mind. Um, I thought, listen to Austin McPhee there, I think he's trying to deflect as much as he can, but seeing Hearts were very, very poor today. But that first 15 minutes from Kilmarnock, I know that on the show you get a lot of praise for Rangers and Celtic, and rightly so, they're the biggest two teams in the, the country, but I think that first 15 minutes from Kilmarnock today, it'd be hard-pressed to find a better 15 minutes of football all season in the top flight. Kilmarnock they were just absolutely rampant, and I would have fancied them to score goals against anybody in the league playing that way we did in the first 15 minutes. From that point on, we just... As a favourite word among Kilmarnock fans at the moment, it's Catanaccio. We just Catanaccioed it. We just uh, sat back and said, come on, Hearts, try and break us down. And the way Hearts are playing at the moment, they just weren't going to do that. So, um, just an absolutely fantastic performance and uh, absolutely delighted with the, with the three points and pushing up the table again. Yeah, and good on them because focus absolutely. focus on Hearts being poor, fine. But, but Kilmarnock clearly did their job and then some, especially Alex, amid all the... Even although they have had a lot of crit- uh, a lot of praise this season, Kilmarnock, it's mostly yeah. been about how solid they've been and how hard yes. they are to break down. But Simon's pointing out there, they, they, they blend the two perfectly today because they get themselves in front and then they become solid and hard to break down and there's no way back. Yeah, I said that because of Alex Bruce at the back as well, Gordon. It was always going to be difficult for Hearts to break them down. But I, I said, Alessio, top manager, he broke Chrissy Burke back into the fold <laughs> and he's instrumental. But 
In all seriousness, you, you have to give Kamarnock credit because yeah. there was a lot of question marks at the start of the season whether this guy could actually hack it fitness-wise and so forth. But, you know, you have you know, as I said, they're doing very well. Is he really starting to prove those people wrong, Simon? Well, he probably did it a while ago, but especially now, a couple of months down the line, how do you feel about the manager? Yeah, to be honest, none of the, most of the criticism wasn't coming from Ayrshire. Yeah. I think the majority of the Kamarnock fans were fully behind Angelo, even, even after the Conus key result. It seemed to be... Looking at it really He was on to hiding to nothing Initially he was appointed late into the pre-season He should have been appointed out well sooner than he did It took a long time for the recruitment to go through He was also brought in a manager Who's had no managerial experience previously But his coaching experience has always been With directors of football and technical directors Who handled the transfers and he coaches the players He was brought in basically And asked well you now need to sign players In a country you don't know too much about and the signings he has actually brought in, the players he knows of, Dario Del Fabro, who was fantastic again today, Larry Brunescu in goals, is absolutely solid. Hamelainen, who he knew from his time down south, they've all been absolutely fantastic. And I don't think there's any Kelly fans who would deny that they've been, you know, some of our best players this season. But he was on, he was really on a hiding to nothing. Sorry, I was just going to say, I happened to be at Rugby Park on Friday, and I was greatly taken by everything that was going on. You know, the, the, they seemed to be. Um, a really serious club now You know that they're, they're, I don't want to lumber them with titles But they're Kind of Leicester City uh, they, they, Everything about them from their uh, The way the club is run Behind the scenes I was looking at the, the training The under 18s then come on after that And the, the, the whole atmosphere about the place Was that of a very serious professional football club Were you down for an interview for the director of football And got pipped by James Fowler? Is that an exclusive? Words will not be dragged from my lips on that matter (laughs) Thank you very much Simon In Kilmarnock we're almost at the end of Saturday's show So it's a fairly obvious time to preview Sunday's big game Hamilton against Rangers in South Lanarkshire Here's Stephen Gerrard Never underestimate anyone I think it's always important to show respect I've got a lot of respect for Brian as a coach um, So yeah we we'll, we we don't focus on the opposition We obviously prepare like we always do For the for the best Hamilton And the cameras are there For a lot of their players It's a big fixture Rangers coming to town So um, they've had a good few weeks To prepare for this game So <coughs> we always prepare for the best Hamilton Gordon Deal, we're getting used to it now um, How long this Title race will last That's the cause of much debate That's not even for us To predict at the moment But you can't deny It's here at the moment You can barely separate Celtic and Rangers Celtic do the business today What can Rangers Respond with tomorrow Gordon? Yeah, yeah it's very exciting isn't it? I think everybody loves it um, Yes it's up to Rangers To go to Hamilton And get a result I've got to be honest Gordon I think that they will do that I think they'll uh, get a good result there I think they'll be comfortable I think they'll get too much Going on just now Rangers The quality of the players They've got as well um, So once again, Celtic, they've done the business today. It's up to Rangers tomorrow, and I've got a funny feeling they will do the business as well. And uh, we roll on to next week, the excitement again. But that's what Scottish football is all about. It's absolutely fantastic just now, I've got to say. Tomorrow, Hugh Keevens, I know you're predicting a, a convincing uh, win for Rangers. You've been almost caught out a couple of times with that. But that's, yeah. that's, that's all in the past. I, what I what about tomorrow specifically? I don't think it's going out on a limb. To suggest that Rangers might win comprehensively at Hamilton Hamilton have serious injury problems uh, Brian Rice has said Great personnel difficulties uh, Whether Morelos plays or not I don't think it makes any difference The little world that we live in of bragging rights If Rangers want to go top Perhaps albeit for one day Then they have to score six goals and lose none 
Uh, that's the target they have. Whether they can achieve that, I'm not sure. But they will win the match. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely with you and Gordon. I feel as if it's an opportunity for Rangers to go and rack up some goals uh, due to the fact that they have lost a lot of games. Hamilton, they've got personnel uh, issues as well. So uh, for me, it'll be a, a Rangers win. Craig Beattie, give us the, the case for Hamilton, if you like. I know that might be difficult, but that's your... That's your task For the next minute, minute or so right, Thanks for that one Gordon um, <laughs> Listen I already said that I quite like um, the, the kind of spine of their team um, I think we've seen Stubbs is still going to be out tomorrow Goyich in the middle of the park I think holds a Hamilton midfield together Are you taking it from The fact that They, they did make life difficult For Celtic, for Celtic. I know they lost the game But yeah, yeah. They, they did a lot right Is that yeah. what you're and, sort and of basing they lost, on They lost a goal Kind of early doors um, And they could quite easily Have crumbled um, And didn't um, So credit to them for that So we'll, we've seen that Hamilton can already Kind of batting down the hatches, so to speak, when they have to. Um, and you know, Oakley's got a few goals to his name as well. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's going to have a massive role to play tomorrow, playing playing up front against you know a, a solid Rangers defence. He's going to have to try and hold the ball up when the the rare occasion arises and try and get some support. Listen, it's, it's going to be really difficult. Um, I don't know how good a case I've made for Hamilton. And an actual <laughs> fact, well, well <laughs> you've given it a go. Uh, what a day it's been, though. Celtic winning by four goals to nil. Lee Griffiths returning. James Forrest with a double frimpong impressing. Jack Ross getting off to a winning start as the manager of Hibs against Motherwell. Kilmarnock battering Hearts by three goals to nil. A vital three points for St Mirren. And then you go to the Scottish Cup and see some famous results for the likes of Bonnie Rig Rose for BSC Glasgow. Uh, for Brora taking Morton to a replay It's all there Hugh Keevans It's been quite the day Sum it all up for us And don't forget Ockenlick tablet Sweet <laughs> Against Arbroath uh, I say congratulations to Jack Ross First game as Hibs manager Successful Commiserations to Austin McPhee Job prospects now hanging by a thread Commendation Jim Goodwin Great result St Mirren off the bottom of the table And finally the phenomenon that is becoming Jeremy Frimpong Who is playing for a team who have won the last nine domestic trophies in a row And his manager said of the 18 year old today He makes us better Quite a story So Celtic stretch their lead at the top How can Rangers respond tomorrow? They travel to Hamilton in an afternoon kickoff Out there in South Lanarkshire We're back on Monday night at 6 o'clock To look back on it all So many talking points I'll be here from 6 o'clock In the company of Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Thank you very much for all your calls and tweets During the open line Thanks for keeping us company all afternoon Even in the bizarre Christmas film debate (laughs) That we got ourselves embroiled in earlier on In the meantime Stay right there You can get your weekend started Mr GBX is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.